Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I am Father Shane Demon. And hello, I'm Father Travis Crowdy. And we are coming to you from the plains of Iowa in the harvest season. That's right. Uh, great time of year to be in the Midwest. Uh, beautiful sunsets and great kind of excitement and energy in the air as the harvest yes. uh, is starting to come to a close here. Um, Father Travis, as you know, I am not a farmer. Neither am I. I know. We're, ladies and gentlemen... Well, it's kind of um, false advertising a little bit because there is this assumption like you're in rural Iowa, you do ministry right. amongst the cornfields. We reference the fact that we're in the rural Midwest talking right. about farmers. Right. We're not? No. If you don't grow up with that, I mean, if you grow up in the city or even just a, a medium-sized town, there's a whole science and a lifestyle of farming that you might not understand. I should say this though, folks. I detasseled corn for two summers. Wow. Eighth grade, ninth grade. So I've walked through some cornfields. Mm. And I've bailed some hay sometimes. Congratulations, Father. So have you mowed a yard maybe? Is that the closest you've gotten to? Probably. Didn't even mow a yard. Probably. I have been in a combine once. Have you? Yes. Wow. I have I have been in a combine and I have helped harvest corn once in Clare, that's Iowa. That's good. Oh, yes. that's good. Okay. And I got in the combine. Shout out to all the members of Holy Trinity Parish. Did you have a pearl there. snap flannel shirt on? I did not. Doing, okay. I did not. I did not wear my flannel, but I got in the combine and I was immediately told after being like in the tractor for like a minute that I'd already screwed, screwed up. What'd you I do? Said, well, I didn't know, but I was point. I was told that anytime a farmer invites you to come out, participate in the harvest, you bring donuts. <laughs> what an idiot. I, I can't believe you didn't know. What was, that. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I did not bring donuts for the whole crew working out there. Cause you had the guys driving the grain trucks yeah. and the grain bins and the harvester. I like how specific it is. Yes. You bring donuts. I, I learned and I was, huh? My faulty ways were pointed out to me very clearly. I'll be a champion then the first time. Yes. If somebody invites me and I'll show up with the two dozen donuts. You should. Like, this man knows. They'll yes. tip their pioneer seat hats to me <laughs> together. That's great. And bring a thermos of uh, coffee too. Multiple thermoses. Yes. As we know, that's my thing. So I won't have an issue with that. You do love coffee. Right. Well, yes, I am not a farmer, nor are you, but as a priest of the Midwest, but anyone living in the Midwest, I think over time you just come to appreciate mm-hmm. uh, the beauty of this season. There's a, as I say earlier, there's a great electricity and an energy in the air, as you see not only the handiwork of God's bountiful goodness come mm-hmm. to fruition, but you also see the excitement of of just the eager kind of earthly anticipation of a lot of labor that's been unfolding, you know, since last spring during planting season. Planting season tending the fields, watering the fields, right. um, really caring for the crops, and then not knowing you know, what kind of a crop we're going to have. And then particularly if there's a, if there's a great yield in your mm-hmm. acres that particular season, watching kind of the natural anticipation and the, and the fulfillment come with that. Right. There's a real blessing to it all. Right. I was talking to a very old parishioner who's, who's farmed for many years, very holy man, and I asked if, you know, hey, is your guys' land drought this year is that an issue is this you know has farming been and it was beautiful he said you know father we have never been without Mm -hmm. when it comes to farming and he said we have always kept the lord's day holy 
We've, we've never harvested or planted on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And we've really realized that all of this goodness comes from God. And we try to turn it back to him in praise. And he's been good to us. I thought, amen. That's, that's awesome. That's there, such a good witness. Oh, there is. There's, there's a profound witness in that. Um, not only does he understand the importance of putting, keeping God first and honoring the Sabbath day as a holy day, but uh, those who work the land, I mean, they know so clearly that things can be, you know, the rug can be pulled out underneath of you in a mm-hmm. moment's notice, as so many of our farmers in eastern Iowa know with a derecho storm oh, that right. flattened thousands and thousands of acres. To all of our listeners out there, just know of our prayers. We know how difficult this has been for you, uh, not only for your livelihoods, but just also just for the, the beauty of your craft that you care so much about. Right. And having that uprooted this year uh, so suddenly and so dramatically. Um, yeah, just know of our thoughts and our prayers because I'm sure this is a very painful harvest season for all mm-hmm. of you. But as as so many farmers know that they really are in the Lord's hands uh, at a moment's notice, you know, whether it's uh, pestilence, whether it's uh, a sudden storm, mm-hmm. drought, uh, tornadoes, mm-hmm. take hail storms can come through at a oh, moment's yeah. notice and wipe you out. Right. Uh, and you really are in the Lord's hands. Um but you also see how the Lord will bless that and make that grow mm-hmm. in the midst of in the midst of His providential plans. So it's it's a fun time of year in the midst of the harvest here, and as it's coming to an end, we we just give thanks for for all the bountiful blessings that are around us. You know, we live here in Iowa. We're broadcasting from Iowa, the largest corn producing state. You know, in in the country. Hoorah! And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think we are. We produce 16% of the nation's corn just in this state alone. Wow. Um, which, which so everybody knows, sometimes people think, well, is that just going to cornflakes? Next time you have a hamburger or a steak or delicious bacon, those animals were fed with Iowa corn. Yes. So, I mean, don't forget that. It's the whole system here. Oh, yeah. And and our soybean products go into countless right. you know, different forms of agricultural production. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never know where, where, where these products are going to end up. Because we really are trying to feed the world and, and help mm-hmm. so many others in other industries as well. Right. You know, so hats off to all of those who are laboring hard this harvest season to bring forth, you know, not only the fruits of the earth, but, you know, food for others. Right. Um, it's a great time of year. And I would say it's a real sacred time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a sacredness to say God has blessed us abundantly. And what we bring forth is not just simply the fruit of our labor, uh, but it really is, according to his his goodness, that all of this can unfold. That's obviously true for our farmers right now, uh, but it's true for so many other areas of life. To say the little that we produce, you know, think of the uh, the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and right. fishes, right? Yeah. You know, someone produces you know five loaves and two fish, and it's the Lord who just multiplies it abundantly. Right? How much uh, more so is that true in farming mm-hmm. and in all the agricultural industries in which the little that we you know put forth becomes a really rich banquet mm-hmm. for so many others. Yeah, and it's it's very easy to take that for granted as modern man. And when our groceries come from a store, when our food comes from a store, and presumably it's always going to be there, and whatever other craft we might work at or whatever other job we might have, it's not always the same connection with the land. But it's so important. I've just realized, I'm thinking this now, that all of the feasts of the Old Testament were all connected with agriculture. It was it's such a human experience to sort of beseech God for a good kind of sowing of the seed and then 
to praise God for this reaping of a bountiful harvest. And then Jesus uses this imagery all the time. The sower goes out to sow, mm-hmm. and he collects his bountiful harvest, and some seed falls on this type of ground or that type of ground. Right. So it's beautiful to know that what farmers continue to do, what is necessary for human life, that's like central to salvation history too. Mm-hmm. Because so often this like very fundamental analogy of growth that we see in plants and food um, is always related to our experience with God, our experience with others, our experience with ourselves. Right. And we're obviously speaking here in the context of Iowa with a, a soybean and mm-hmm. a corn harvest going on. But this plays out everywhere, you know. Wheat fields of Kansas. Wheat fields, absolutely. There's cotton fields down south. You've got the citrus farmers, strawberries, mm-hmm. avocados have their own season. You also see this, you know, within fishing as well, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the crabbing, commercial crabbing and shrimp industries. They have their their, their seasons and their ups and their downs. And you can see the the Lord's rhythm of life that uh, right. plays through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, the the biblical images of, of really capturing these agricultural seasons, mm-hmm. this plays out over and over again in our lives. And we have to see the Lord's hand in all of this, mm-hmm. uh, recognizing that there's a real sacredness in how seasons unfold. We obviously to see the beauty of the changing seasons in the, in the fall colors. Oh, but yeah. at, here, in, in at least in the upper Midwest, as harvest gets underway, the landscape just dramatically changes yes. color-wise, but also as combines are just literally mowing down the crop mm-hmm. <laughs> and harvesting and deer are running everywhere. They have nowhere right. else to hide. Uh, I mean, there is a pretty dramatic change in all of that. I brought one of my friends in college seminary. They grew up in kind of uh, like a larger metropolitan area. So they hadn't really been sort of like just in the stark uh, reality of just the, the the harvested farmlands because when it's lush and full in August and July it's beautiful and mm-hmm. the tassels are so beautiful and even as it kind of starts the corn starts to dry out and the beans starts to dry out it, there's still a beauty to it that they're still full and kind of ready and uh, ripe for the harvest but then like December January February if there's no beautiful snow on the ground yet it's just a bunch of dirt right. and he's like this place sucks <laughs> I'm like come on it's not always this bad like it's you know come on but yeah, it does get a little stark in the winter months, too. You the contrast is so clear. Sure, when the harvest is gone, I mean, it gets colder and it's dark. And yeah, yeah, yeah there's a grittiness to that. Mm-hmm. There's um, oh, what's the right word? Barren isn't the right word, but you can also see how fertile the soil is. Right, you know, so the, black. Right. Well, and it it just kind of screams, you know, to be to be tilled. Right. To be planted again. You know, and it almost it starts to build in anticipation of the of the great thaw and the spring that will come, right. and as new life uh, springs forth again. So, in this sacred time of the harvest, I, I just think that there's there's a number of of deep spiritual things that you know one has to keep in mind. Obviously, a spirit of thanksgiving, right? Yeah, um, a thanksgiving for the for the bountiful harvest, a thanksgiving for the graces that God gives us, a thanksgiving for the ability to use gifts and talents. And, and the dignity of human labor, mm-hmm. you know, um, how many millions of people around the world have no land? Uh, they have no jobs. They're stuck in an endless cycle of poverty, perhaps living in a country full of floods or maybe a, a country that's constantly experiencing drought and famine. But the ability to, to till the land, to work the land, and to bring forth a harvest for others, uh, what a blessing that is. Mm-hmm. Even in the labor, you know, a, a sense of thanksgiving has to be has to be, you know, stirred up in the heart. But then also there's this great desire to, to care for the earth, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, obviously, everyone wants to be real green right now and care for Mother Earth, but this isn't a new fad, right? right. I mean, this is deeply biblical, uh, wondering and marveling at the fact that the Lord's Earth, this planet that he has graced us with to be stewards of this planet, uh, needs to be well cared for in its mystery of bringing forth life again and again and again. Mm-hmm. This life that um, keeps unfolding, uh, this great mystery uh, that just surrounds us as, as seeds are put into the ground and then boom, a few months later, fields are just full and full right. of crops. Uh, that mysterious unfolding of life that, that God's handiwork brings about, uh, I think that requires a lot of awe and reverence in the face of that. And then that automatically leads you into a, a deeper care of the earth itself so that it always can be well tended so that for generations to come, this unfolding of the mystery of life will be there and then, as we said earlier, the great spiritual lesson that we're in the Lord's hands, mm-hmm. and all this can be taken away, but he blesses us abundantly in the midst of that. Right. It's a real sacred time. Yeah. I was just thinking with that great reality of our care for our common home um, that we see in Pope Francis's um, letter, Laudato Si. Right. But, you know, it's interesting with this just mysterious experience of watching the abundance of growth happen without man's sort of doing anything we can engineer these seeds we can kind of create this like really efficient planting you know implements and stuff fertilize fertilizer all that stuff but like we can't cause anything to grow Mm -hmm. that happens it's interesting that it's pretty intuitive and i think like modern man right now and especially those who feel like the church is really outcast and totally out of touch everybody's still pretty cued in with the need to be um responsible uh, and be good stewards of the land, right? But sometimes we might miss the fact that just watching something grow and experiencing growth, that can in itself be, um, it can beg the question of the design behind it. When mm. you look at the stars that men has always done, when you go into the mountains, when you gaze on the sea, all of those things kind of beg this question of the, there's this beautiful design and order to creation. And I think in particular, watching something grow, um, watching animals grow, watching children, human human beings come about and grow. Um, but watching sort of the cycle of the seasons and that <laughs> these, these seeds germinate and, and spring forth from the ground and then bear food and uh, produce, clearly there's this design behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this the beauty is that it, it immediately can draw us to God if we let it. So I just encourage if anybody's out there and there's those doubts and you feel like the church is a little outcast and out of touch, we've been deeply connected to the earth and the reality of the design of creation. Um, so there might be doubts in certain teachings of the church. Just look at those things that evoke a certain awe um, and that kind of visceral experience of God's design and creation. Absolutely. Well said. I have yet to meet an atheistic farmer. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're out there. If they are, feel free, contact us. Yeah. Tune in. We'll, we'll, we can debate, we can chat, we can learn from one another. But I have yet to meet a farmer who watches the beauty of the sunrise and the, and the beauty of the sunset every day, who plants the seeds. And as you say, there's this, this mystery of life that unfolds beneath the soil that sprouts up and bears fruit that they cannot ultimately control. Mm-hmm. And while they might serve as a, a, a little catalyst to get that going, ultimately that's really out of their control and, and they can't manufacture it themselves. Right. I read the book... Uh O Pioneers by Will Cather. Okay. Have you read that before? I have not. So it, it it's great. 
it kind of follows like her life a little bit living in Nebraska for time. I like it because it actually references places in the Midwest, which doesn't often happen in a lot of literature, Mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, it's kind of like taking place in South central Nebraska, but it's these first Swedish kind of immigrants and they're like children who are working this land for the first time in kind of in rural Nebraska. And the, the, they, they even reference that the soil's not as rich as Iowa. Um, sorry, Nebraskans, but it's true. But, um, it's beautiful because the struggle that they experience is, yeah, is shown beautifully through the the literature that Will Cather uh, uh, experiences and puts forth. But what's beautiful is that that struggle isn't necessarily a time of just despair. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of this struggle and this um, this back and forth with working the ground, not getting the fruit you desire. But then over time, over time, over time, they work the land. They kind of produce better technologies. They, they figure out how the land needs to be treated and, and what they can do to kind of produce more crops. And then it flourishes. Mm. Um, so it, I just love that because it's such a, that grit that we see in farmers in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more than just working the, working the land. Um, they realize that all, not all farmers perfectly, but a lot of people realize that struggle is going to happen. Life's going to happen, but the Lord is constant through it all. Um, and so often around here, especially those farmers had deep, deep devotion and they would go to church every Tuesday for um, Our Lady of Perpetual Help devotion. Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd go to mass every week. They'd go to confession regularly because they knew that just as this kind of the struggle of the land was worth it, so too the struggle for virtue in raising their families. And growth in the spiritual life. Spiritual life right? Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Well, just for all of our listeners out there, as this, as this harvest season continues, uh, or as you're listening, if it's if it's con- uh, just concluding right now, just take a moment. Even if you're not a farmer, even if you're not out in a combine driving mm-hmm. a grain bin, just take a moment to uh, grain car. Excuse to put me. it in a grain bin. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Sorry. We got to keep our farmers on our side. You know. Thank you. Yeah. We'll stand, bring the donuts next time. I donut. stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> the city boy stands corrected. That's right. Don't forget it. Anyways, in the midst of the harvest. As you see, just take a moment, as, as this harvest con, uh, concludes all around you, to take a moment to enter into that, to not only in a spirit of thanksgiving, but to see yourself as connected to something much bigger. Yeah. To see the handiwork of God unfolding once again, the seasons of life unfolding once again, the nourishment that comes forth upon our tables for the good of the entire world. Uh, we are not outcast as individual isolated beings in this great world. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a cycle of life that keeps unfolding that the Lord invites us to be kind of co-cooperators in, almost co-creators with every planting season, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's a rich, rich cycle in which we are power, part of and caught up into something much larger, mm-hmm. uh, much larger plans that the Lord continues to grace the world with. So what a blessing to be part of this, and what a blessing to see the beauty of all of that. Absolutely. Father Travis, always good to be with you. Thanks, Father Shane. Thanks for talking about the harvest. Even though you might not know too much as a city boy, but we're learning little by little. Little by little. Little by little. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll catch you next time, and God bless. God bless, everybody. Prayers for all of our farmers and those in the agricultural industries. Those who are city slickers, too. Prayers for you. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.